This is the Behind the Badge podcast with me, Daniel Freeman. And me, James Roberts. Each episode, we'll be chatting Oxford United with the names of yesteryear. Whether it be a former player, manager or chairman, our aim will be to listen to their story. Behind the Badge is an unofficial podcast that digs deep into the highs and lows of Oxford United's history. We hope you enjoy it. I'm delighted to say that our, our next guest on the Behind the Badge podcast is EastEnders artist Max Branning. Where? Who? <laughs> Not quite. Andy Wing, Wingy, how's it going? I'm very well. Yourself? All good? Yeah, not not bad. You still get called that at all? Uh, not, no, not so much since my late and Orient days, really. Um, well, I used to get called it quite a lot. Uh, and the fans there used to sing the theme tune when I, whenever I warmed up and I was close to them. So I've not really heard it too many times since, other than my stag do when everyone had Max Branning face, um, you know, um, masks on and stuff. So, yeah, not too many times. So what happened on your stag do? They all t- did, did, was it like turn up at the airport and everyone had, uh, had a Max Branning sort of uh, haircut or, or, le- or lack of it, shall we say? Yeah, so they, they they all had like Max Branning masks on, and obviously I was in the middle of the photo. Like you probably couldn't see any difference, to be fair. And I think they tagged um, uh, I can't is it Jake uh, Jake or Max Branning on uh, on Twitter, um, and he he replied to it. So yeah, all all good fun and games. Did you know it was coming, or was it? A no, 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 sort of... no. I think I must have just walked out from the toilet or something. I just seen twenty, thirty blokes just wearing uh, a lot like me, Max Branning masks on. <laughs> you must have thought you were about Brilliant. two days into the stag already. I know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Andy, it, 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 obviously before Max Branning, um, it was uh, it was Coventry City, but you, you grew up in, I'm assuming, sort of like on the outskirts of Birmingham sort of area. Tell us, t- take us a bit back to to the beginning. Yes, yeah, so I'm from I'm Yardley, Birmingham, uh, or Sheldon, Birmingham, where it's just five, ten minutes from the airport going into, in towards Birmingham city centre, uh, Birmingham city territory, more than, uh, more than anything. Um, so I grew up there, uh, obviously went to, went to school where to be fair, we had a, our school, Cotchet Hill school. Um, there's been a lot of professional footballers come from a school at like Lee Carsey, one of them, uh, the Gardner brothers, Ben Turner, uh, you know, there's quite, there's quite a few more. There's two in my year, Andy Gallagher and Matt, Matthew Sadler are two of my really good pals. Uh, so we had a real good football in school. Um, and uh, yeah, so obviously it all come from there, really. I've played for a local team called Arden Forest. They're quite a big team in um, in Birmingham or, you know, Sully Hill sort of area. Um, and, and, and luckily I got, um, I, I was, originally I was skating for Birmingham City when I was about 10 years old. Um, they had problems with their centre of excellence at the time and folded. So, what, you know, it kind of got disbanded. Uh, I went away back to Arden Forest then Derby uh, approached me um, and I was travelling up to Derby then in the, me- the meantime um, Coventry City had, had, had come in as well so I was training sort of with Derby and Coventry at the same time I think it must have been under 12 and the 13s um, and uh, I didn't really like Derby and it was quite a little bit further than, uh, than Coventry City as well um, you know so luckily um, Coventry City wanted me, and um, you know it was a great, easy choice for me to go and to go and join Coventry City. Um, and I, I enjoyed a really good, really good spell. There. I spent obviously about eight, nine, ten years there, from you know under twelve and the thirteens till I was about twenty three years old. Played um, over hundred games in the Championship, and um, obviously Cup game, FA Cup games for them. Um, you know, I, I, obviously I, I come through the, the scholarship system there. Um, I probably said this before. I got re- originally got released when I was sixteen from Coventry. Went away, went to Exit Trials, um, played really well in Exit Trials. Scored a goal in about first two minutes, which I never, never rarely or rarely do. Um, uh, had a few clubs after me. Um, went on trial, obviously, and then um, I was. I think I was in Colchester uh, at the time, trialing for them. Uh, Coventry City phoned me back up and just said, "Look, we think we made a mistake. Would you like to come back?" Um, it was a no-brainer for me. It was obviously close to, closer to home. You know, I, I was familiar with the people there, um, and then joined Coventry, rejoined Coventry basically at sixteen, and then obviously, yeah, went on to 
to break into the first team. Gary McAllister gave my debut when I was 18, which was great. And to play with him as well, which was which was brilliant. Um, you know, it's a really good time at times. Obviously scored the last goal at Highfield Road. You know, more, probably more, you know, uh, you know, especially with, the, with what they've had with the, the ground and, and the troubles they've had with the ground since, you know, Highfield, Highfield Road was... Was, was was absolutely massive for for Coventry City. Uh, it's so unfortunate that we had to move from there. Proper old school football ground, you know, no no sort of fishbowl kind of um, atmosphere to it. Proper proper English football ground, which is brilliant. Um, and hopefully they you know can stay in the Rico now and um, you know can can sort of kick on. Just to go back right to the start of that. If you uh, you grew up in a Birmingham area and, and had trials there, so why Villa? To be fair, uh, to be fair we I've probably the, the side of Birmingham I was um, I was living or I'm from. Um, you know, to be fair, he's more of a Birmingham kind of city area. A lot, most of my worth like friends back at school, probably Birmingham City fans, and there was a, a cluster of Villa fans. Um, but whenever we played, Villa scouts were never there. Really, I, I don't think I ever seen a, an Aston Villa scout. Uh, or heard of an Aston Villa scout anywhere around our area, which was quite surprising. Whether they, um, you know, had certain areas, you know, the other side of the city, um, mainly, or or I'm not too sure. But we never really seen or heard of, of Villa scouts. It was Birmingham City, sort of Derby, Coventry City, um, you know, teams like that. Really, you know, say like sort of safe side of Birmingham. Um, yeah, so I didn't really have the chance to to be perfectly honest to to play for Villa, unfortunately. Obviously, it would have been a dream. And um, going back onto the uh, sort of football career, um, obviously two stadiums in your time at Coventry um, it left, I believe, a bit of a fan's favourite there, and then onto Brighton. So uh, obviously, somewhere a long way from where you'd ever played before. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was kind of a strange one. I, I played for Coventry City on the on the Saturday or the Tuesday night. I think it might have been Tuesday night. I can't remember. I think yeah, I'm sure it was a Tuesday night. Um, or it was on the Saturday, and then we, it was an international break. So I think we were training sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and then we were getting like a long weekend, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, I think it was, because uh, we had no game. Um, and I'd, I'd played on the Saturday. I think we, we lost or we drew to Plymouth, or what I can remember. Um, and I just had a random phone call from, from um, Dean White, who was the assistant manager at, at Brighton. Uh, caught me by surprise, really, because I'd been playing most weeks for, for Coventry City at the time uh, under Mickey Adams. Uh, it basically said, um, you know, we want you on loan. I think the club have agreed. Uh, we want you to come down sort of ASAP. And I think I was on, I, I was literally on my way to training. Um, so I got into training. Um, uh, I, I went straight, obviously straight up upstairs to see, see the manager. He, he wasn't there. Uh, I spoke to the assistant manager, Adrian Heath. Uh, he was doing, I think, remark- remarkably well in in the uh, US, I think, at the moment. But as a manager, but I, I spoke to him, and he didn't have an, he didn't have a clue either. To be fair, then got the manager on the phone. He explained to me the reasons. I can't remember what the reasons were. Um, and he said, "Yeah, obviously, see his old club go down um, and 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 play some games." Obviously, I you know I didn't really know anything of it, but I went straight away, straight down there. Uh, I think we was on TV on the we. I think I'd ran for, because obviously we, we'd had the weekend off in Coventry, I'd ran off three or four days, we just ran basically. Uh, and then I, I, I joined Brighton, I think I was knackered just because of all the running and the travelling and whatever. Um, and we played Blackpool, I think it was on TV on a Sunday. Um, I was straight into the team. Um, I think we lost 3-0, got absolutely battered. And then on the, we was in the next day on the Monday running. I, I think it was the hardest four or five days uh, I've had really. Uh, in, in in football, um, but you know I, I I went on loan. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely fun. I, you know I I, I was up, apprehensive because I'd never lived outside of Birmingham. Really, I, I'd lived in the Logic Country City at the training ground for two you know year and a half, two years. Um, you know that's as far as I'd been really. This is my first kind of on my own. Um, but absolutely loved it. Stayed in a hotel down there. Loved the players. Were brilliant. All young. Uh, kind of my age, most of them, the experience, we had three or four experienced lads who were really, really good and helpful to me. Um, and I, lo- I loved it. I, went, I stayed for three months, I got recalled. I think this was kind of October time. 
Um, I got recalled in the January. Uh, didn't really want to go back to country, to be fair. Played a little bit. Went back straight into the team. Uh, change of manager. My contract was up and at the end of the season, contract was up at Conch City and obviously Brighton because I had a really good spell there. That They were still interested and I signed with them straight away and spent another three and a half, four years there, which is brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Um, down there, fantastic place to, to live. You know, being from Birmingham, you know, the, the nearest, I've got a canal down the road that's the nearest bit of water I, I, I tend to see. Um, so I plonked myself right by the um, right by the sea in the marina. Absolutely fantastic place to live. You know, made some friends for life down there, away from football as well, which is great. Um, and um, to be fair, one of one of my, my good mates down there, still Steve Foster's son, he's played for for England with a headband. Um, one his sons were on, you know, really really good friends with. This was just outside of football, really. Man, it met him. Um, yeah, fantastic place to to, to play and live. Uh, played on some good, obviously, you know, Dean Wilkins, you know, the late Ray's brother. He was he was an unbelievable coach. Um, you know, fantastic coach. He helped me to settle down there. He helped me move out. He was he was he was unbelievable, really. Um, he got he got us a seventh in the league, just outside the playoff, which is in League One, which is a fantastic achievement, really, because we had a really really young squad. You know, we thought we were going to go and kick on the next season. Um, they had a change in manager, uh, and it was Mickey Mickey Adams who who from Coventry, you know, sent me down there really. So I was a bit apprehensive to be fair. To be fair, um, with him coming, you know, with me playing under him again, so I didn't really I didn't really get on with him too well. Um, you know, I was a young lad coming through at Coventry, and I pretty much, I always thought I got the most stick because of that uh, from him, uh, and then he followed me down there. Um, didn't last too long, six or seven months. We were, you know, we were languishing near the bottom of the league. It wasn't, it weren't great. Uh, brought a lot of players in. Uh, just didn't, didn't really gel uh, for us. Kind of try, changed the dynamic, dynamics of the whole team. Um, and then, then I think Russell Slade come in then the back end of that season to, to keep us up, which was, um, you know, fantastic. You know, I, you know, I speak to Russell, Russell Slade regularly. You know, he's a top, 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 top bloke, a real, one of the nicest blokes you can ever meet. Um, he came in and, 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 and um, kept us up that year, I think, on the last game of the season. Um, I think we must have used about 40 players this, that, this season. And I was one of the main that I played nearly, nearly every game in that, in that season. Uh, managed to get player of the season as well. And it was nice to then, you know, stay up. If you think where Brighton are now uh, and how good they are, um, you know, to if we'd have got relegated then and on that last day of the season, would Brighton be where they are now? Luckily, we stayed up, um, and I think Brighton got promoted then to the championship the next season uh, under Gus Poyer, who came in. Again, he came in. Uh, I, I was injured for three or four months. Come in, um, he came in, and I was just coming back to fitness. He threw me in against Leeds, Southampton, Norwich. They're all top of the league. You know, I I hadn't played for. The, probably about six or seven months because it was, this was kind of um, obviously through pre-season. I, I, I picked up a, a, a niggle sort of uh, first week of the season. So, you know, I barely played for six, seven months and I'm thrown into these games, uh, played really well the first game. Adrenaline got me through and then, you know, two or three games later, I was absolutely knackered. I remember warming up against Leeds and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this game. Uh, and that had, a, that had a sort of detrimental effect on me really. Because um, I didn't really get back in the team after then, he, he brought a lot of you know foreign players in who um, who come in and did well. You know, but they spent a lot of money there. Tony Bloom, who's there now, threw a lot of money at it. The stadium was being built, um, and I had to move on. I had a great spell then at um, at Leighton Orient. Yeah, and including in that spell at Orient, you were involved in the cup game, I think, against Arsenal, and it was a fantastic game on TV. And you, you, you were pretty heavily involved in that game, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, so well, probably before that, I went um, as Gus Pye. I was kind of sort of basically getting rid of me. Really, um, I had a little loan. I had a loan spell. Um, Chesterfield, I think, we were second when I joined. We ended up ninth or something, which was I was about 15, 16 games left of the season. Um, so I played even there. I played in the last game at Saltergate. You know they've got a new 
stadium now. I played in the last game at Saltergate. Uh, we drew 2-2 against Bournemouth, who were in League Two at the time. And then you see where they've gone. I think, you know, I think Eddie Howe is the manager of that game as well. So, um, you know, again, some unbelievable experiences there. Uh, playing under John Sheridan, I've never seen a manager like it. You know, I got on quite well with him, but uh, he scared the living daylights out of me. I think he still does if, I'm, if I was to meet him now. Um, and then, yeah, went back to Brighton and uh, eventually sort of went to, to Leighton Orient the next season, joined... Again, Russell Slade it, it, it was at Leighton Orient, who I knew from obviously Brighton. Um, absolutely loved it. Again, the lads were fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Um, um, lived in a hotel for a little bit. Um, we were obviously training, then sort of Sundays or sort of days where we're, we're um, uh, obviously like a Sunday, so it's like rest days. And we, we was able to, obviously, Barry Hearn and Eddie Hearn, well, Barry Hearn was the owner at the time. Uh, and we used to go to to, to where, where their like, mansion is, where matchroom boxing is now. Um, and they've got a pool there. And we used to, it was lucky, we had a big helipad looking over over London, unbelievable place sort of in Essex way. Uh, so we used to go there all the time, use their pool. Uh, unbelievable experience. Just a, um, you know, sort of living on the outskirts of London as well. Um, you know, it was a real, I really, really enjoyed it. The lads are brilliant. Um, we were flying in the league. We were playing really great football. Um, and then we had, yeah, we had a really, really good cut run. Uh, I think we played Norwich in the third round. Uh, so we'd obviously played sort of, you know, first, second, first, second round. I think Dagenham and Redbridge, I don't think I played in the early rounds, but I played in the third round against Norwich away, beat them. They were in the championship. Um, then we played in the fourth round, Swansea away. They're in the championship as well, flying. Beat them 2-1 in the last minute. Uh, and then we got Arsenal at home. Uh, you know, absolutely fantastic draw. Fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, Arsenal at home. I think it was, we were playing them in between uh, the bar, their Barcelona games as well, where I think, you know, our, it was and it was just after the Liverpool game, I think where our Shavin scored four goals or a hat-trick in that game. It was it was a kind of around that 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 era. Um, you know, so it was an gr- unbelievable experience. Uh, we played them at home to start off with. Um, funny enough, our Shavin was playing against me. Um, I don't know if it was because of my demeanour, my hair, or because like, I know I was, I was bald or... Probably a little bit different to a Premier League looking, a looking Premier League right back who's got slick hair or, or whatever, or, you know, a foreign player, a Spanish player or whatever. He's coming up against me and he looks absolutely terrified. Uh, and, and, um, he looked absolutely terrified. And I think that's probably why I had a good game because I seen, I seen that fear in his eyes and I thought, oh, I think I'm going to be all right today because I don't think he wants to go anywhere near me. Um, uh, so that was good. Um, and we, we double, I think Bentner scored to make it 1-0 in the second half. Um, you know, but we, 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 we just kept in the game, really. I don't think we had too many chances. We just stayed in the game as much as we could. Uh, and then we scored in, I think, 93rd, 94th minute. John, Jonathan Tahui, um, you know, top, 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 top bloke, come on and scored a goal for us. Um, I, I'm sure if you if you ask every sort of Latin Orient fan, they'll remember that day, remember that goal, remember John Jonathan to who his name. Um, and I, I think Barry Hearn, Eddie Hearn, they're all there. They're all coming to the dressing room after. Um, I think that because we because we got the replay back at the Emirates, um, I think Barry Hearn said that we're he's going to take us all to Vegas at the end of the season. Um, so everyone was absolutely buzzing uh, about that. And then we went and played at the Emirates. Um, Obviously, Harry Kane was playing for us at the time. Uh, you know, a top. Even then, you could. He was a top, top player. He's a top. He was. A, he was a top, top goal scorer. He was just. He was young. He was only 17, 18 year old uh, years old. He had a bit of, like you see him now. He 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 looked looked chubby. He, he, I wouldn't say he's fat, but he looked like you know he he um you know he still had a lot of growth in him, but he couldn't really last 50, 60 minutes. You know, he was only seventeen, eighteen. It's his first loan move. Um, but an unbelievable goal scorer he used to come off the bench and score goals. Um, then we went away to, to Arsenal at the Emirates. I think in, in terms of passing and how many passes we made in the game, I think we were only second to Barcelona uh, at the Emirates that season. Um, even though we lost 5-0, we probably played better at the Emirates than we did at, at home. Um, you know, they were just more clinical. Bentner, I think, got a hat-trick. 
Um, we had 9,000 Leighton Orient fans there, 60,000 seat stadium, and it was full because I think that to get a ticket for that, to get a ticket for the Barcelona game or something. So it was, it was full. The atmosphere is brilliant. And, um, yeah, one, one, um, one game I'll never forget, really. Skip ahead to, um, you joining Oxford, if that's all right, because that was, uh, I think at the end of that season. Um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. I think you were offered a, a contract extension at Orient. Um, obviously, Oxford would have been interested. So, how did that move come about, and, and why Oxford? Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a strange time, really, because I'd, I'd only I'd only signed a short term um, contract with with Leighton Orient, and to be to be fair, I was when the what I just wanted because because of, of what happened at um, at Brighton, I just wanted to go out and play football. Um, you know, you see a lot of footballers now that because they're getting paid so well. Um, you know they're happy to sit. They're happy to just sit on their money. And um, but at, at the time, I just wanted to get out and play football. Brighton, you know, bright because I was, you know, I was no fuss to them really. They that had just kept me around all, all the time. There was other players there who they wanted to get rid of, and they were paying them, paying them like you know their full contracts off to get rid of them. Um, you know that didn't happen with me. I'm, you know, I, I always thought I didn't get. I didn't get paid what I was worth at times, uh, so at, at places, uh, and other and other players who were, you know, not doing the right things, you know, off the pitch, or they were not pulling their weight on the pitch, seemed to, you know, get the money come to them because you know you had to pay them off or whatever. So Brian offered offered me um, a, a bit of money. I think it, you know, it wasn't much, nowhere near like what what I should have got really, um, but I, I I took it and uh, that that. Allowed me to go and join Latin Orient on on literally next to nothing. There's, you know, the uh, nearly every, probably every single Banbury player uh, now is on more money than what I was earning at Latin Orient in League One. Um, you know, but I just wanted to I wanted to go and play football, and it was the best one of the best eight months of football of my life. I got that 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 Emirates experience, fifth round of the FA Cup. We were flying in the league. You know, I, I made some great friends there you know Russell Slade was the manager I still speak to him now um you know so I, I, I for me it was the right decision at the right time um it got my career you know kick-starting again um I would I would have stayed at Latin Orient I, I loved it there but uh, my missus was was heavily pregnant she was due and obviously she's living back home in Birmingham I had like a little one-bed flat in Waltham Abbey uh, you could barely swing a cat in there, to be honest, and that cost me an absolute fortune as well. Um, so, what the offer they 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 eventually offered me, I, I just couldn't live live in London for that. Um, obviously, with with uh, my little one being born, um, I wanted to get back home. Really, uh, Oxford came in, um, you know, I, I, and I think Chris Wilder. And I spoke to one of the players who was at Leighton Orient, and spoke to Chris Wilder, and he spoke to me. Um, and you know I could live at home, uh, which was great as well. Only an hour and hour or so down the road, and Acer Hall was there, who I could kind of share with. Um, and I, I, you know, as soon as I spoke to Chris Wilder, I, uh, I, I jumped at it really. You know, even even he, to be fair, at the time I was like, yeah, you, well, you'll sign on this money, and then in October we'll give you a bit more money. And I think I was on less money by the time I ended uh, my four years at Oxford United, to be honest. So. Um, yeah, there's another one where I don't think I earned enough as, as what, I, what I should have done, really. Um, but yeah, you know, I really, really enjoyed my, you know, love my time, time at Oxford United, and yeah, I was really pleased, obviously, to to, to join them at that time. You know, I think Michael Dewey signed at the time, Tony Capaldi. You know, we had some really good players there as well, um, and you know, I was looking forward to the challenge as soon as I as soon as I joined. Glad you mentioned Asa Hall because I've got a story about him myself, which I'm going to mention a bit later. But first of all, within that first month of the season, it was all that anyone talked about. It was the first time in, wow, ten, over 10 years that we'd played Swindon in the league. And it was away. I think it was about third or fourth game in or something like that. People were waiting to get tickets throughout the summer. And in your first sort of month at the club, you were involved in that. Paolo Di Canio, shenanigans on the sideline. Bino scoring a, a, a couple, obviously. Uh, what was it like to be involved in? Because I was on the Stratton Bank that day and it, and we were singing all the way back to the train station. Yeah, it was, um, 
obviously, you know, as soon as you join, as soon as you join the club, um, you do you knew obviously that was the local derby. Um, you know, you obviously got told about told uh, you know spoke about all the time, and we got him pretty early. I think it was in August, wasn't it? And he was, I remember, it was roasting up on a Sunday. Um, I, I always, I always, I don't know if he no, I don't think it was that one. It must have been the home one, but yeah, the away one. I think we went to our pre-match uh, hotel just outside of Swindon, I think in Farringdon. Um, you know, obviously, you know, buzzing for the game. Uh, obviously, driving from the from the pre-match to. To the to the get to the ground, you know, you just seen police everywhere. You seen Oxford fans, Swindon fans, and you just knew, you know, you probably helicopters, just everything. You just knew it was a big, big game. Um, unfortunately, it was absolutely roasting up that day, wasn't it? I, I, I remember the last 10, 15 minutes. I, I, I could barely walk. Um, it was that hot that day, but it was a, it was a, it was a funny game, a great game. Um, Again, I think in both games, I don't think we were particularly great. I think we were probably better in this game than we we were in the in the home game. Um, you know, I think it was just a sort of a battle of a game. I think we went one nil up with we uh, a set piece that we'd worked on the day before. I think great delivery from from Levs and um, Bino scored. I think it was from my block actually. So I, I really should get the the assist. I I was the blocker for his run um, that I can remember. He scored. Then I think Matt Ritchie scored. Um, not 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 long after that, I think it was. Uh, I think they had a few chances. I know Leon Clark, uh, their striker, had a couple of chances. I think it's one of his first games. Um, and then we've, uh, or do we? I, I think we, did we score in, in the uh, in the first half? I think Bino scored in the one in the first half today. Um, yeah, so obviously two one up, and then we're just kind of hanging on at the end. Really, like I said, it was a hot day. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, I just remember playing right back. Uh, I think Bats come on to come and to help me. I think on the right on the right wing. Um, I think one of their their left winger, quite a tricky player. My legs had gone. I think it was the hottest day of the year, but it felt like it anyway. Early part of the season, so you're not probably fully match fit at all, really. Um, uh, and I just remember the the left winger taking me on, and luckily Dubes come over and uh, blocked a shot, and we ended up winning the game. And um, it was great. We went, I remember after the game as well, Decanio in the in the tunnel was raging. I think with Leon Clark, it was, you know, what he's like, really, you know, over the top. Um, you know, it was a great feeling. Then we, I think, we went back to the, the the hotel to have a to have a couple of drinks, which was great. I think Chris Wilder bought us all a beer, which was nice after the game. And uh, yeah, yeah, great experience. And, and so was the home leg as well. Yeah, I'll let James come back in a second, but the home match as well. I spoke to Calvin Thomas. Um, in the last series, and he remembers that game more. He remembers going through the middle of Oxford at seven o'clock in the morning because it was a midday kickoff, and I remember that as well. We we're in the um, one of the pubs in Cowley in the Morris. Started from sort of nine o'clock in the morning, got in quite a state. I must admit, it was all, out all day. But you and you and Dubes, so was it you and Dubes centre halves in that game? Was that was that right? Obviously, Bino got sent off early doors, but what a what a day that was! It was just. The, the atmosphere was so intense and, and, and Swindon did not know what had hit them, did they? No, not at all. It was, I mean, it started the day before we were, we'd finished training, um, you know, just in our normal gear. We were going home and Chris Wilder stopped me. If it was me, uh, Johnny Mullins and Asa Hall, he stopped us and said, you ain't going home. And it was like, what, what are you on about? We, he said, you're not, you're not going home tonight. You know, we're, we're, we're meeting at half 10 in the morning or whatever it was. Um, you, you need to, you need to stay. And he was like, well, yeah, we haven't got a hotel or anything. Um, so he kind of, he, he, he made us stay. He, we, we, I don't know where we got our tracksuits from. We had, so we had to borrow tracksuits. Um, and he made us stay in a hotel that he booked us in. I think we had to pay for ourselves. I'm sure we did. But we, he booked us in at the Holiday Inn next door to the ground. Um, so all three of us, you know, he didn't want us driving back to Birmingham. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you get damstrings or you didn't want any bad backs or anything like that. But, you know, we were, um, so he made us stay. And I just remember waking up that day, having breakfast down, downstairs and just a buzz about the place. And then, you know, going towards the ground again, you know, you're walking on the pitch at 10, quarter past 10 with a, a 12 o'clock kickoff, just have a look at the pitch and, um, you know, and, and you could just hear the, the obviously the pub, uh, which isn't there now, obviously it was, uh, just behind the car park, you just hear the fans, heli- again, helicopters, um, you know, police everywhere. 
Uh, you just knew it was a massive, massive game uh, again. Um, and it was a, a, you know, an unbelievable game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them game, in games when you're backs to the wall. Um, you know, you, you haven't got, you've got nothing to lose really because, you know, obviously Bino got sent off pretty early. Um, then we, then we, we score two really quick goals. Um, and then you've got something to hang on to then. Um, you know, the atmosphere again was, was unbelievable when we scored them two goals. Um, and then it, it was, you know, as a centre, I, well, I, I was sort of a makeshift centre half. I think that kind of first six months from my Oxford career, I don't think, you know, it was a tough, tough time, uh, really. I don't think fans kind of, you know, were all over me at the time. I was playing at right back, then I was playing in midfield, then I was playing centre half. Uh, I probably, you know, I had a few niggles with either injury or sickness or some things like that. Just, it was sort of stop, start. I don't think... Um, the fans were too enamoured with me at the time, to be fair. And I think this game really, um, really sort of, um, you know, I think they bought into me a little bit more after this game. Um, you know, the way we defended, the way everything just fell on my head or, you know, every, you know, every shot was, you know, I just got me my body in the way and I blocked it. Um, every clearance, um, you know, it was just one of those games where, you know, I just felt like I was always in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, it was a great experience playing next to Dubes. Uh, even though he did moan a lot, you know, it was great kind of um, experience playing next to him. Backs to the wall, local derby. Uh, you've got a league to hang on to, full house. It was just, um, it was kind of the making of my kind of Oxford career, really, that game. And, um, you know, it, it, it was brilliant, obviously, to get the victory um, uh, at home. Uh, you know, we really wanted to to do that, obviously, and um, you know, it was it was it was brilliant for us and, and, and brilliant for me at the time. Yeah, and you actually, um, like you said, it, it changed opinions pretty quickly, and you ended up picking up a Sporters Player of the Year award. It, it was a <laughs> strange season as Oxford had uh, been up and up there for the whole time, and, and sort of tailed off at the end. So, uh, must have been a bit of a bittersweet end to the season for you. Yeah, I think I think that's that season was was we were never we were we weren't great to be fair. We were never really anywhere near the top end of the table. Uh we were kind of um mid table chasing. We'd 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 win a couple, but then we'd lose a couple. We're never really chasing the playoffs. Um yeah, so it was obviously it was great to get supporters player of the year. Um, you know, that was great. you know, I got that at uh player you know, player of the year at, at Brighton, I got it at Oxford. Uh, which was graphing a goal of the season at uh, Coventry, goal of the season at, at Leighton Orient. So everywhere I've been, I've, I've been quite lucky to, 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 to achieve something, which is great that I can look back on. Um, it was an up and down season. It weren't probably the, weren't the greatest. Uh, probably Chris Wilder's probably a little bit under pressure at the time. Um, you know, he obviously, you know, Calvin, um, you know, seen a lot in him, and and and, and so did we. Um, I think he, he, you know, he. So he's under pressure for the next season. And then um, we kind of changed a bit the next season. That was a season where we started off unbelievably well. Um, we had a, a great set of players. We had experience. We were no nonsense. We knew our jobs. We knew what we had to do. We weren't flash. Um, you know, we won games of football, simple as that. And it was, it was a great team to be a part of, going to Portsmouth on the first game of the season and winning 4-1. Uh, and then just... just pretty much winning most games, really. We were, um, you know, up until I think I got injured in November time, um, you know, we were absolutely flying uh, even past that till, till Christmas time. Uh, unfortunately, that's where my kind of problems um, started, really. And, that, you know, it was kind of downhill from me from there. Uh, I was pretty much clinging on from 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 then, really. Um, you know, I had a really bad injury and I, I never really recovered from it, even though I played a lot of games after it kind of took a lot out of me um, in terms of recovery. But yeah, that was a fr- really frustrating sort of season that uh, that was. We were absolutely flying. Then, you know, I got injured flying. Then obviously we lost our manager and it was a big shock because, you know, we're top of the league and he's he's gone to the team at the bottom of the league. Um, you know, he must, he, he must have seen something that thought, you know, I don't think we've, We've quite got enough, or what? I'm not not too sure. Um, obviously, it was a, <laughs> you're looking back at it now. What a move that was for him. Um, but at the time, it you know it was devastating for us because we thought we were we had everything to go and go on and win the league. 
um, or you know at least be be in the playoffs, be in the top three, um, and get promoted. Um, and then it kind of took a, a downward spiral from that moment, really. It was quite a dressing room that first season, in particular, because obviously the characters like yourself um, and Asa, uh, the Birmingham Hit Squad, coming down, and um, Michael Debris and Peter Levin, and I was sat on your table on the end of at the end of season do that that season. It's a long time ago. I don't expect you to remember it at all, but. So I'm sat next to Peter Levin and Michael Dubry and Asa Hall's on one side and they're on the other. And all of a sudden, all the cutlery's gone missing from the table. It's all gone into Asa Hall's suit jacket pockets and it's Michael Dubry and Peter Levin weighing him down in his suit jacket with all the cutlery from... <laughs> you must have got to some, some shenanigans with those guys because I, I can imagine it was, a, it, it was a hell of a dressing room to be involved with. Oh, absolutely. Probably one of the best um, I've been involved in. Um, obviously, we had a great Birmingham car school, the Birmingham crew, uh, as we used to call ourselves. Um, you know, me, Asa Hall and, and, and Johnny Mullins. Um, we had, obviously, Jake Wright, Alfie Potter, Dean Smalley. You know, we had, um, we had a, you know, Michael Reigns. We had a, you know, you, then you've got Dubes. You've got, you know, we had a, a fantastic Levs. You've got a, an unbelievable um you know set of characters um you know all through my time at, at, at Oxford to be fair uh you know then you had like Dave Kitson's further down the line and you know Tom Newey's David Hunt's you know we had a really good good group of players um you know especially in the first couple of years um you know we had some great great times we you know we we used to finish training at whatever time and we'd still be there three three hours later drinking tea um you know we just literally just be um, you know, enjoying each other's company, rip, ripping the the Mickey out of each other all the time. You know, uh, to be fair, I, I, I was the brunt of it for for a lot of it, especially when we went on nights out. You know, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, luckily, luckily, you know, I, you know, I, I, as a, as a manager now, I get abused all the time on the sideline, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty used to it. Got a pretty thick skin, but um, you know, as you're talking about Asa Hall story, you know, I. I remember losing loads of coats when I'm going out because the lads had stuffed chicken wings or whatever in my, in my coat pockets or, 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 or things like that. And it happened to other lads, you know, it seemed to happen to me quite a lot, especially Jake Wright, Alfie Potter, them type of, uh, people doing that. And I, you know, I'd see it and, you know, they cut my coat and go and then I'd get home and Mrs. Like, where's my coat? I was like, I don't know. He's gone. Um, you know, but we had some great times with the Charlton races. We had, um, you know, Chris Wilder was brilliant at that, to be fair to me. Um, you know, every couple of months we had like a Monday night or a m- Monday day session. Um, you know, we'd, we'd get a Frankie and Benny's by, um, by the ground. Then we'd go off into, to Cowley, then into town. It was, um, you know, we, we had that a few times, obviously Charlton races, we went for a couple of years. Um, I think I'm sure Alfie Pot, you know, there's a, we, we got, we play fighting, we got, Alfie Potter got pushed into me. I think I broke my nose as well in 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 um, in, in at Cheltenham races. It just um, it was a great group to be a part of, you know. And uh, I think that second season where you know we were absolutely flying, um, you know, that contributed to that. To be fair, we were just really good, honest uh, footballers who you know gelled really well together. Um, you know, we had our moments. I remember me and Malls at what you know we were best of friends off the pitch. I remember Burton away and we were getting beat or something and me and him are squaring up to each other uh, on the pitch and then we're, we're driving home like nothing's happened after it. It's just what we just one of those dressing rooms where, you know, you can absolutely batter each other on the pitch and even in training, um, you know, you'd be sulking if you lost the game in training or whatever, but it would never carry over over into, you know, off the pitch. It was just a real, real good group to, to be around and, you know, there probably is many more stories that, you know, probably is not, not great for the podcast, but, um, you know, from fantastic lads, some great, great nights, that, nights out with them. And um, I thought, you know, we were, we, we nearly did the business on the pitch and it just kind of, you know, went a little bit downhill really from, you know, in that period when I was there anyway. We can't do this podcast without talking about uh, a certain moment for yourself on the pitch. Uh, I think it was only your second <laughs> Oxford United goal in maybe two seasons. Talk us through that bicycle kick. Yeah, so like like I've only scored six, I think six goals in my career. Um, 
two for Coventry City, two for Leighton Orient. Um, I never scored for Brighton, even played under and odd games. Um, and then obviously two for for um, for Oxford United, uh, and three of them have been goal of seasons. To be fair, so you know it's a fifty percent strike rate. That's not bad for goal of the seasons. To be fair, um, you know, and especially that one. I don't know how I've, I don't know how I've ended up in that position. I think it must have been a second phase corner um, or something. So I've, I've, I've obviously stayed up for that. Um, um, I, I think was it was it Dean Dean Smalley crossing the ball. I think it was. Uh, it must have been a terrible clock cross because it was obviously behind me. So, you know, I've had to turn and um, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, I don't think I've ever tried that in training or anything. Um, and kind of a sort of scissor kick, wasn't it? Bicycle kick. And um, it obviously went in through into the back of the net. And as you can see from my uh, reaction from it, you know, I, I was probably surprised as anybody. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great goal. Probably a bit of a dead, dead rubber game, end of the season. Rochdale, I think it was. Nothing to play for. We had nothing to play for. Sunny day. Don't think there was that many there. It was kind of a disappointing season, but at least I kind of finished it off with um, something to hang on to for the, for the uh, you know, the more remaining career Oxford United and, and for the next season, really. But now it was a, a real great goal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised as anyone that, you know, I managed to, to do that, to be honest, especially with my hips and groins. <laughs> I wanted to uh, touch on, on Chris Wilder a little bit more, as you kind of mentioned it a bit earlier. Like you said, it was a, it was a strange uh, move from the outside. I know he'd been linked, I think it was Portsmouth maybe a month or so before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was all obviously a very strange uh, time after that game, I think against Torquay as well, not knowing where he was or what he what his future was. Did you get any inkling as as players that that might be about to happen? Well, I remember him being in a suit before that uh, Portsmouth, um, and I think he went down to to speak to Portsmouth. I remember him being being in a suit at the training ground. Uh, so we can't. We I think we kind of knew there anyway um you know obviously stock was probably pretty high at that, that point we were we were top of the league we were we were flying obviously he's gone from um you know the national league um you know into obviously league two um you know kind of a sort of stabilizing season or two stabilizing seasons and now he's you know he's top of the league um you know so stock was pretty high so he's always been linked to, to certain jobs uh i do vividly remember that that suit i think it was a shocking suit as well to be fair no one really didn't get that job um, but he carried on with us, um, you know, as normal. That you know, we just we just got on with playing football. Whatever happened, happened. Um, and then obviously with the with the, you know, you could kind of see the Portsmouth one. You know, no disrespect to Northampton at the time, but you know, Portsmouth a massive club. You think you know, we played them at the start of the season. There was twenty thousand there. They'd just been. Um, I think the supporters had just bought the club out and, you know, it was a sports zone football club. They were looked like they were on the up. So you can understand that one. Where, where Northampton at the time uh, were rock bottom of the league. We were top of the league. Um, and, you know, again, from us and from everybody probably looking from the outside was a strange move. Um, I think was, was Calvin must have been there at that time as well. So obviously Cal, he knew Calvin really well. Um you know, there must have been obviously money to spend, whereas probably at, at Oxford, we were maybe punching above our weight, maybe in terms of budget. I'm, I, I could only assume, I don't really know. Um, you know, and he's probably thought there's a real opportunity opportunity here if I keep these up, um, you know, with a big budget um, to go and to go and do what he did and, and fair play teams and a real bold, real bold move. Um, and, it, and it's worked out absolutely magnificently for him. He's done absolute wonders, fair play to him. Um, off the back of that, you know, it, but at the time it absolutely killed us. Um, you know, I felt sorry for, for Mickey and Mal, who, who kind of had the job for quite a long time, really. I bet they were, and it was a kind of, I think that's what killed us as well. They were, even though they were brilliant, you know, and it was frustrating for me because I was injured as well. So all this was happening why I'm not on the football pitch. I was, I, you know, I had a, I had a pretty bad injury to be fair. I, you know, it was an absolute horrendous injury for me. Uh, to get back from, um, and I, so I, so when I come out of the team, we were flying, we were winning games, we were top of the league, and I'm watching this from from the sort of treatment table, and the, the managers go in, um, you know, with Nicky and Mal have, have come in, uh, you don't know if they're going to stay, they're going to go, they they don't know what's what's happening, and they kind of 
you know, keep going and going and going as they do because they're a top, top professionals. Um, and, and, you know, and, you know, when the new manager came in, it was probably too late. Um, and it just ended up a bit of a disaster. I remember, again, I'd just come back from injury. Um, at that time, I'd, I'd played one. I played in Mickey Mouse's last sort of game. Uh, I think it was Tranmere at home. I think I'm, I'm, I think sure it was like Friday night. Uh, one two, one 2-0. Um, but I think we had a game on the Monday or it was it was really, really close. I think on TV against Southend. Um, and then obviously the new manager came in. We must have had one, maybe two training sessions. Um, you know, I like Gary while it was, I, I, I did get on really well with him. I did like him, but he, um, he just tried, we, we were what we were. We were, um, you know, well organized, good pros, knew what, knew what we had to do to kind of win football matches to get us out of this league, we, we thought. Um, and I think it showed in that safe end game where, you know, we, we were, I, you know, I was on the bench, bench that game because, you know, I think that the, it was too close for me to play both games, even though I was disappointed not, not to play. Um, he left me on the bench that game and I was watching. Um, and it was, it was football suicide from us, really. I think if it weren't for Ryan Clark that game, it would, it could have been seven, eight nil. I think it was live on Sky Sports, real, real embarrassing defeat for us. And we never really recovered from that, really. Uh, we tried to, I think Gary, while it tried to carry on with this sort of, total football playing out from the back which you know I know it's looking back on it like now it's that you know that's you know what obviously Pep's bought in and that's what nearly everybody does now um, and it wasn't that long ago but you know to change the philosophy of the whole identity of and the players just we just couldn't do it we were used to doing one thing um, it absolutely derailed us uh, and it was a bit of a disaster then for the next 10 games and that's probably my biggest regret really of my time at Oxford United because we should have got promoted that season 100% from the position we were in. Um, uh, position we were in, even even when Gary Wallet came in, we were still well in the playoffs. Um, you know, top top end of the table, and we and we blew it really. And it was um, you know a horrible end to the season. Uh, and then obviously you know the next season, you know I I I had injury problems, injury problems. I was waiting for a um, surgery uh, sort of end of um, beginning of May. So I wouldn't miss any. Um, uh, well, I remember a story from, I had, a, I had a scan. It was Gary Wallace's last game. I played Northampton away. I think we lost. I had a scan the day before um, and they put some injection into me to, to, um, so they could make this, the, see the scan a bit clearer. Uh, but it ended up basically they put sort of a cortisone or something, a steroid in it, which, um, you know, put me out of that game. That kind of summed my sort of end of season up, really. Then I was supposed to have a um, surgery right at the end of the, uh, end of the season. It got put back to the first day of pre-season, which then put me out for the first two, three months of the next season uh, under a new manager, Michael Appleton. Again, I'm injured. I'm seeing all this. New manager comes in. I'm in the treatment room. Uh, and I'm, I was just playing catch up from them, really, and that kind of killed my career, really, not just for Oxford, but you know, ended my career sort of prematurely, which was really frustrating. Wikipedia tells me that your first game back was away at Cambridge. We got absolutely thumped 5 1. I was anyone you speak to, but yeah, <laughs> everyone says, everyone says something happened that day, something happened in terms of the fact that Michael Appleton had realised what he had to do and you know, the players that he wanted to move out. And there were certain players that never played again, I think, after that. Did you take us into that change room after that game and, and tell us what the what was said? What was the mood? Yeah, absolutely. And me, as a manager now and as a, as a coach and me learning, these are the things that I look back on and, go, and these pivotal moments that managers um, use and what Michael Appleton did in this kind of period um, you know, was was the reason, you know, Oxford got promoted the next season. Um, yeah, this I, I'd literally just come back from back from injury. Again, I've been out, you know, a, a, a long time. I don't think we had the best of starts of the season. I think, you know, uh, the gaff was pretty much under pressure. I thought we had a real, real poor start to the season, seven or eight games in. I don't think we probably won one, 
one of those games. Um, I get back on the bench. Brilliant. I'm absolutely buzzing back, back involved. Um, I think I'm not was it on TV. I think it might have been on TV on a Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, 12 o'clock kickoff um, away at Cambridge. Um, it was 4 4 0, 4 1, I think it was, or it might have been, I can't remember, it might have been more. I, I come on five. I think it, I think it must have been four or five before I come on. So um, I come on, I give a, I, give, I think I give a foul straight away. Pretty rusty. I think uh, we're already four or five nil down. I'm just, I think I'm sent on just to to make sure that we don't concede anymore. I think I come on, give a foul away, get booked straight away. Um, it was a real, real bad day at the office for everybody, really. I'm, and I, I don't, I've, I've obviously, I can't really remember what was said in the change room. I know he was, I wouldn't say he was going mad. Uh, you know, I've only seen him like lose it once or twice. Um, you know, he's pretty calm usually in, in, in the dressing room. Um, I don't think he was going going mad. I, I just think he knew at that point that things had to change. And obviously since hearing some of his comments and his interviews that, um, you know, we looked into that dressing room and he, he thought there was too many players in there who hadn't got promoted or had been relegated, uh, carried baggage, whatever that was. Um and he just thought he knew that we needed kind of a, a new approach, fresh impetus, and, and probably he's probably right. If you look at if you look back at the last previous year, um, you know we're probably a group of failures really in terms of um, you know where we were, uh, we blew it, all that sort of stuff, and you know there's probably a bad taste after that that and that season in terms of um, you know the managers, the chopping and changing the managers and. Um, you know, players falling out, you know, just everything went wrong that kind of, that end of that season. Um, and we kind of pretty much still had the same-ish squad going into the next season, or there was still obviously plenty of players from the pre- previous season there. And I think he realised that, you know, he needed to bring his own players in um, uh, and start, obviously, start sort of weaning out, obviously, players who had, who had who had obviously been there previously. Um, and I think that January, I think he was, um, I think, you know, Alex McDonald come in, uh, Joe Scars come in. So he started to shape, he started to shape his own squad uh, in that January. And that, I think that January is the catalyst then for, for him to go and, you know, and actually to go and get promoted the following season. Like, you know, he started obviously in that Cambridge game, um, you know, with, with him obviously you know, players, literally that was the last game for some of the players and he was trying to get rid of them, which was obviously tough because they were all on contracts and it was, what, October time. So, um, you know, they, they had to find clubs, that to go on loan or that to, to be paid off. They had to wait till January to, to, to kind of go, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it was, a, it was you know, looking back on it, he was absolutely spot on with his thinking and how he planned that going forward. Um, and then from January on, onwards, he started bringing his own players in, um, own sort of style, really. Um, even even myself, even in training, I think because of the type of player I was, and because of the injuries that I'd, I'd, I'd suffered, I'd, I'd kind of I was a defensive midfield midfield player, but I was really defensive. I didn't, you know, I couldn't really get around the pitch. I could, I, you know, I could defend all day. I think. You know, I remember Bondi one day. You know, there was a stat in winning second balls. Or I was probably one of the highest in the league at that at that point. But I just, for him and the way he wanted to play, I just was never going to fit into that. Um, so I was slowly sort of phased out of that. And on top of that, obviously injuries and stuff um, I had. Um, you know, it was never going to work for me sort of beyond that season really. And um, you know, he was. You know, you know, I, I've got massive respect for him. Um, you know. I, as a manager now, I look what he, what he done. I look, I look at how I can sort of not not copy that. How I can take what he he done in that period really, uh, and how I can take that forward into my sort of beliefs and into into coaching. And um, yeah, he was he was from that Cambridge game. Um, you know, he had a, a, a different mindset, and he was you know he was fantastic for the football club then. I know that James has got a few questions he wants to ask about the coaching side. Uh, to finish with, but I mean, I, I was there at Newport and the last game of the season and obviously everyone was um, 
fascinated by Kim Arif at the time and he scored a, an amazing goal and they wanted him to to sign on at the end of it. They also wanted you to stay, Wingy. They the fans wanted you to you know, to, to to get a new contract and to to stay at the club. You you were you, you were a massive fans favourite at the time. We sang your name on the train on the way home. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um to, uh, um it was one of those games I I, I think I, I I knew it was probably my last um, well, it was definitely my last game for the football club. I knew that. Um, I probably knew that a couple of months before. I think we played Wimbledon. I played that game um, away, and then after that, we went. We had a couple of days at Bisham Abbey, um, and I, I, I was training there. And um, I just just we just finished dinner. I think we um, there was a game on the next day or something, or the next couple of days, and I think it might have been Wickham actually. We were, we were play, about to play. Um, uh, and just after dinner, uh, one of the nights he just pulled me and said, and then he pulled, called the physio over and he just said, I don't think, you know, we can offer you a contract. And, and, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think, um, with your, with your injuries and stuff, I don't think you can carry on. I don't, to be fair, I've already had this conversation the year previously with, with Gary Waddock. Um, but I was like, no, like, give me one more operation, see how it goes. You know, I still played 25, nearly 30 games in that season uh, for 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 Michael Appleton. I still played, you know, I, I still felt I, I can contribute. Um, but then obviously it was a massive decision to make then. I was basically out of his plans then from, from then on in. Uh, I got sent home, really. It, it was a strange, strange time. I didn't sleep for days. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and there's still six or seven games left of the season. Um there was a couple of injuries, a couple of suspensions, and I kind of got back in. The last, I think it was Cambridge, I got or one of the last games at home, Cambridge, I think he was at home. Um, Malls got injured, I come on centre-half, played second half, 1-2-0. Brilliant, felt great. As, again, could play, it was, it was fine. I, I, the only problem was I couldn't really train for another two, three days, four days after it. Um, so, but, you know, I couldn't play, train till Thursdays. Then I and I I'd play I'd, I'd play absolutely fine. I'd feel great. Um, played in that Newport game. Probably knew it was my last game for Oxford. Didn't really know if it was going to be my last game ever uh, as a professional footballer. Um, so I, I kind of sort of clapped the fans if to say I, I, I didn't really know myself to be to be perfectly honest. Throughout the summer, um, the phone wasn't really ringing. I think I had Brackley Town offered me a trial and. And I look, look, you know, looking back at the, the amount of money players earn now in, in non-league football, I should have probably stayed in it for a couple of years. But I thought, um, you know, I just didn't think it was right. Then I got offered a sort of 18s coaching job at, at Oxford, which was brilliant. I really appreciated that. Um, so I just thought, you know, it's best to start a new journey really into coaching. And, um, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I did that at the time. You know, obviously... You know, everyone says you know you should, should play as long as you can, and I, I wanted to. I just just un- unfortunately, um, you know, I had four in four operations in a year. I was going for scans. I was, um, you know, taking loads of tablets just just to get through games. I was um, up and down from Bradford to London to meet uh, surgeons, specialists, um, and it still wasn't right. I had four operations in a year, and it still wasn't how it should have been. Um, you know, I couldn't walk upstairs at times. It was literally, I couldn't get lift my leg higher than, you know, a, a stair really sometimes. And, um, you know, to get back from that and to play games I did was brilliant, but I just couldn't, you know, keep that going. And it was the right decision for me. And, um, you know, I've, I've had ups and downs in my coaching career that, you know, I've, I was at, Col- uh, I was at Oxford, really enjoyed it. Thought I'd probably outstayed my welcome a little bit. So, Wanted to move on, went into sort of men's football. Um, probably the timing, I, you know, I hadn't really thought about. It. I went straight from not playing to, to coaching. I didn't really have a time to reflect. Kind of lost my way a little bit in life. Basically, I, I hit a brick wall for about six months to a year. Um, uh, real probably struggled really just because of realization I'm not a professional footballer anymore. Um, I'm just an 18s coach, basically. I'm just a, you know, a, a coach uh, in the background. Um, and it, it took me a while. Then I went to 
Kidderminster. I really, really enjoyed it there, but because of the headspace I was in, wanted to move on really quickly, ended up at Coventry City. I thought, you know, I've, I've come through the system. Yeah, I've come through the academy there. They'll roll out the red carpet for me. I scored the last goal at Highfield Road. Um, and it was it was probably further from the truth. Um, you know, you we was at a place away from the first team. Um, no one was there that I knew from from previous. It was a different football club from what I knew. Uh, probably not for the better. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, um, it wasn't very welcoming. Um, you know, my first day. I think my first day there, I got an ask to carry a bag with um, with my kit that someone else had worn before. Uh, I think I just knew from then that probably made a bad decision here. Um, then went to then went to Hereford as assistant manager under Russell Slade. Brilliant, love. Thought you know this is my way back in. Um, you know, with a good manager, good, I thought at the time a good football club were going up, and that that kind of ended up in a bit of a disaster in terms of you know the board and you know the the, the team and everything like that. Um, and you know that all these are real massive learning curves for me. You know, went off and now that's a I've done a delivery job. I, I worked for a, um, a company that went into kids' coaching schools. Didn't like that. It was like an office job and and stuff. Didn't really like it. I was um, delivering for a pharmacy for um, for a little bit. I was delivering for Yodel. Um, my mate owns a, a, a runs a sofa company. I work in a warehouse, um, so I, I still do that now, but. And then the opportunity for Banbury came along. Um, it was funny enough. It was someone from Her- who I worked with at Hereford, Tim Harris. He contacted me, contacted me, contacted me, and said he put my name in. I didn't even apply for it. I was just in one of those, you know, if something comes about, brilliant. But you know, I just got to get on with life, basically away from football. Maybe that might not, you know, I might never get back into it. Luckily, I, it was through COVID, but I, you know, I had sort of interviews sort of over the phone. Um, luckily, got got the, got given the job. Uh, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it and haven't looked back since really and um, you know this is what I want to do going forward and hopefully I can can keep doing it When you joined Banbury at what point does uh, James Constable come into the process because obviously he was your number two originally wasn't he? Yeah absolutely you know as soon as I, I kind of heard Banbury were um, you know I was kind of in the frame for it you know I thought you know I've had conversations with Bino in the past um, you know, he's coming to kind of the end of his career. I just thought it'd be a great opportunity to see if um, he can come with me in one. You know, I, I still thought he could do a job in um, and, and, and play for us, which was, you know, be brilliant for us. You know, for me, uh, his experience and his name as well around sort of Oxfordshire, um, you know, that would get the interest up as well. Um, you know, I just thought he was a perfect fit, fit for us. You know, obviously because of COVID and, um, you know, I think he, he when well, you could tell when he was playing, he had some niggles and he, he, he just couldn't get himself going, um, uh, you know, on the pitch. I, I think he just, he just, just probably wasn't for him. And he, he, you know, I spoke to him at the end of the season. He probably, he, he just thought it's probably not for me. I want to try, you know, again, he's been in the, in the game a long, long time, probably just needed a break away from it. Um, and, um, you know, he, he went off and done that. Uh, and you know, I, you know, I wish him all the best. And obviously, um, at, at the time, it was obviously a funny time. Obviously, being during COVID, and we, we we didn't really we played thirteen, fourteen games in that season, so he probably had a lot of time to think about what he wanted to do next. Um, and he wanted to do that away from football. And now he's he's in and around Oxford United, where I think he's he's, he's best served. I think you know he's a club legend. You know. To reject the money Swindon were throwing at him to stay at Oxford United at the time, you know that makes him an even bigger legend. To be fair, um, you know he's a top top guy, and um, you know I think yeah, if, if he stays in around Oxford, Oxford United, that's that's great. You know, obviously didn't work out for us at the time. You know, we've you know he's a, he's a top top guy. You know, I speak to him. You know, we see he comes down now and then, which is great. Um, you know, and he's moved on, and, and and we've moved on as well. And just to finish there with Banbury, because obviously you're now what, two and a half years, which is crazy. It seems you've been there that long already. Um, like you say, it sounds like it was almost a bit of a an accident almost that you got in, not maybe necessarily by design, but wow, what a, what a couple of years you've had. And uh, as things stand, it looks like you're, you're not finished yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a pretty, pretty much of an accident. I 
I'd applied for loads of jobs. I'd gone to, to loads of interviews, getting nowhere, you know, finding out that, you know, these clubs were, um, you know, giving these jobs to, to people that they already knew. Uh, and I'm traveling down to Exeter. I'm traveling down to Forest Green. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my CV at various clubs, um, you know, in Banbury's League or higher or even like whatever it was. And I was just getting nothing. And you, you kind of, is it ever going to happen? And luckily, um, you know, you know, Phil Lyons at the time, the chairman, and, and, and Tim Harris must have talked. And I, my name popped up. I was put in the, the on the shortlist. I had a, you know, obviously uh, interview, and I got got in there. And um, it was, um, it, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what what to, what to do when I was to got in there. You know, I'd never been a manager before. It was kind of I'm learning on the job. Um, obviously, COVID hit at the time, so. You know, my first conversation with players was to drop them twenty five percent in wages, so I weren't going to be the the most popular person in the world. So that was my kind of start through it. Um, that first season was brilliant though for me in terms of um, you know we went we lost six one at Coval, we we lost a few games. We had a brilliant FA Cup run in the mix of it, which is brilliant. Um, but it was a massive learning curve for me. I've, I was going in there thinking I'm going to be Jose Mourinho, I'm going to be defensive, I'm going to counter and all that. Now I'm the complete opposite. I'm, I want to watch a good game of football. I want to see my players play. I want to see us score loads of goals. I want, to, I want to see us be expansive. I want to see us run. I want to see us work hard. I want to see us press. Um, you know, it's completely changed after two years. And, I'm, you know, our recruitment's been fantastic. Um, you know, even today... I've been on the phone, God knows how many times. Um, you know, it takes, even though it's part-time, it takes every single day um, out of you. Um, you know, I'm lucky, you know, I've, I'm lucky I've got a great family behind me and you know, I'm, I'm working all the time. I've got three jobs, I've got three kids. I'm, I'm never really here in the house, to be, to be perfectly honest. I'm on the phone all the time. Um, so, you know, it's a really taxing job, but I think you have to work that hard to get your just rewards and hopefully... Um, you know, so far it's working. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road. We're not, I know that. You know, there's there's going to be suspensions, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be um, outside influences. You just have to control what you can control. But I'm absolutely loving every minute of it. I, I've got some real good staff around me. You know, I want them to enjoy, I want the players to enjoy coming to, to work, the, the environment, training. I love it. You know, the, the lads are absolutely fantastic. Every single training session there, they're brilliant. They work, they're absolutely socks off. You know, last week I just stood back and everyone's laughing and joking, but the, the quality is absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, then you've got a, you know, a, a top, top team, a top, top environment, a great culture, identity, what are, all their buzzwords, what you want to want to use. Um, you know, we've got it. And, um, you know, I'm really fortunate that, you know, or, or, or you know, we've I've worked really, really hard the last two, two and a half years to to get to where we want to get to. Um, and you, you know, it's going to get even harder. It gets even harder um, now. And uh, but we look, I'm looking forward to the challenges ahead. Well, we, we we won't keep you any longer because we know you're a busy man. But uh, really appreciate your time with us this evening. No problem. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Behind the Badge. Stay across our social media platforms for our next podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Behind the underscore Badge, or if you want to email us, it's Behind the Badge 1893 at gmail.com.